Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. This is our last time in here, so y'all just going to hang with me this morning. All right, I have a word I'm going to preach. I have an hour message. I'm going to preach it in 16 minutes. I believe in miracles. Because uh, my team gave me a whole list of stuff I have to talk to y'all about at the end of service. This is not my list. This is their list. I have my own. Um, So a lot of important things, but uh, I so am thankful for the faithfulness of God. And I can't even go to... uh, I'm going to just get in the word and then we'll cry at the end, okay? All right. Uh, I want to talk to us this morning about God's gift to us. And uh, we've been talking about love over the last few weeks. And I, uh, first of all, thank you for being here today. Those of you that are watching at home or on vacation, wherever you are, we love you. We bless you. Pray that you'll be ministered to today uh, as we are here. But uh, as we've been talking about the love of God uh, this last week, a lot of things have happened uh, in my life that were... uh, uh, hopeful but not expected, and uh, I will maybe touch on that at the end. But I just started thinking about all the gifts of God in our lives, and uh, I ran out of note space really quick uh, because of the goodness of God. And, and so uh, everybody in here, I would hope, would have a list of 10 things that you recognize are God's gift for you, for your life, for your family. And, and, uh, but I'm going to deal with just three of them real quick this morning uh, because we do have a lot of things that we're going to share at the end. So James chapter 1, uh, verse 17, 18. I want you to turn there in your Bible. The whole message is kind of wrapped around these two verses. And uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you that uh, your word is alive and powerful and mighty. Your presence is full. Thank you today, Father, in the midst of crazy times that you are still faithful to your word and that we as believers are pressing in to be people of faith, people of hope. Father, we're not moved by uh, the the... Uh, the attacks uh, against our world, against our people, against our nation. Father, we are declaring that we will stand as one people, one voice, Father, united uh, because of the love of Jesus Christ, red, yellow, black, and white, Father. We are precious in your sight. All your children you love, and uh, you have a purpose for every one of us. And so today, Lord, as we just pause for a moment and remember all the amazing gifts that you have blessed us with and what they have to do with our lives, what they have to do with our destiny, our future, and our hope. Father, uh, that we will be encouraged by this today. Step up, walk out of this place today uh, more equipped and more prepared than ever before to say, my life, I'm going to finish life strong. I'm going to finish my life well. I'm going to walk out the purposes of God. My past failures are not my destiny. My future is in Christ Jesus. And every promise that he has made is yes and amen for me and for us as a people, for us as a nation, for us as a world. Father, your plans will be fulfilled. Your church will be alive, powerful, mighty, strong in this last day. And we give you thanks for it now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Amen, amen. James chapter 1 says, in the uh, ESV version, says every good gift. How many gifts? Every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow, listen to this, due to change. 
How many of you know that we have gone through some change in our nation this year? Are y'all here? Are you awake? We have gone through some change. Nobody woke up on January 1st thinking June we would be dealing with what we're dealing with. I, I didn't come home from China thinking that I was going to be dealing with what I'm dealing with, but it is a reality. But in the midst of the reality, uh, God's word does not change. God is powerful and his word is mighty when we appropriate it by faith. Uh, listen to this, verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So every good and every perfect gift is from Father God. And I wanna just share this morning three gifts that I believe, uh, I wanna highlight these three gifts because uh, they are of the most importance. And then every other gift that you have, everything that you're thankful for kind of lines up under these. Because without these, how many of you would just be messed up without Jesus? Let me, let me see your hand. Come on, Sherman. I know you'd be messed up. You were messed up when I met you, man. And, and now look at you. You're, you're a mighty man of God. See, you better raise your hand next time I ask a question. Come on, somebody. How many, how many of you were messed up before Jesus got a hold of you? We were messed up, man. And Jesus set in order, changed, delivered, healed, and set us free. And so I want to share three uh, gifts. And the first one is, uh, you guessed it. You don't have to be a brain scientist to uh, get this one. The first and most awesome gift that God gave is Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. He, he what? He gave. God so loved the world. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not sin. Look at that, verse 17. Y'all didn't even know there was a John 3, 17, did you? Everybody stops at 16. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him, come on, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Jesus Christ is our firm foundation. And every day, in every way, as I said last week, you need to start every morning in worship, in prayer, and in the word. And you can't do that without thanking God for Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, how many of you went home a couple weeks ago and downloaded or started watching The Chosen after I talked about, come on, I know, I see all those hands. Uh, man, it's a great show. If you haven't watched it yet, I would encourage you to go online. You can get it on Pure Flix, uh, YouTube, some other places, I think. But, but uh, it, it is just a, 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 a beautiful expression of a Jesus, come on, that really, honestly, in my whole life, I don't think I ever saw Jesus the way they portrayed Jesus. I mean, you know, I knew that he created wine, and I knew that most times when people drink wine, they'll dance a little bit. But, but, but when they showed Jesus dancing with the disciples, man, something about that just, you know, I mean, because I grew up with, you know, Jesus is at the baseball diamond, and my head is the ball, and every time I messed up, he's about to knock me into hell. That's, that's the church I grew up in. Holiness to the point of, you messed up, you're, you're done. But that's not the Jesus that loves us. 
His grace is sufficient, man. He, he died on the cross for your sins yesterday, today, and the ones some of y'all are going to make tomorrow. He already died for those. His grace is amazing and mighty. He doesn't want us going around committing sins in the name of grace. But come on, somebody, by his grace, we have the ability to not have to sin every day, stupid stuff that we used to do. Why? Because we're no longer under the lordship of our flesh. We're now under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen to that. We have the right to be free and to walk in the fullness of his goodness. The second gift is his word. And I'm going to just stay here for just a couple of minutes. There's some things I want to share. But John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Say it out loud. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I I love the whole illustration of darkness and light. Because most of us were bound up in darkness. And then the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ came into our hearts. And the minute the light comes on, what happens to darkness? It disappears. It has to disappear. It cannot, it can never win the battle. Light and darkness, light always wins. Therefore, every time Jesus comes into your situation... And that's why I'm telling you, I'm going to keep preaching this until I go be with Jesus. If we, as married couples, will allow the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ into our marriages, we'll have less divorce and we'll have more restoration because where light is, darkness has to flee. And where light is, every wicked thing in our lives disappears when we allow Jesus Christ to shine into our lives. I'm tired of believers ending up in divorce court. I'm tired of believers ending up in suicide. I'm tired of believers giving up on life and marriage and family and their children just because they go through a battle. We got to get the light back into our situations, back into our families, back into our finances, back into our marriages, in every part of our life, wherever the light is, darkness has to flee. Yesterday, I went down to our uh, new uh, worship center that you'll be uh, getting to go to next week, and uh, I was shocked to find that Pastor Tad and Jim were not working yesterday. I was deeply disappointed. They, they work eight days a week, 26 hours a day, and I got there, and, and, and I opened the door, and it was pitch black, and I was like, wow, that's some serious darkness right there, so I took out my my incredible iPhone, and I turned on my flashlight, and I found my way to the light switch, and I knew that any number would work, and so I didn't even care which one. I just pressed and hit a number, and boom, some lights came on, and the minute they came on, darkness fled. Now, I'm not so familiar with that building that I can walk around and pray when it's pitch black. Like in this building, just close my eyes, turn out the lights, and I can go to town. That's what, 27 years, 10 months, and one week. But who's counting, right, Jamie? I mean, we've been in here a long time. We've been praying in this building for 20, almost 28 years. And, uh, but, but 
whenever you enter into a place where all of a sudden you feel like, man, there's just darkness everywhere, what do you got to do? You got to bring in the light of Jesus Christ. Man, just start worshiping or start confessing the word of God out loud and darkness will flee. It'll disappear. So God's word is a gift. And uh, I want to give you just a few things uh, in this uh, about the word because uh, in the beginning was the word. I quoted that a minute ago. I read that to you. Every time I've ever preached in Cuba, I quote John chapter 1 because we have the joy of being a part of distributing a million Bibles across that island. And you can't give the word of God without giving them the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word is God. And so as we declare and, and, and give out the word of God, we recognize the need for us. It's The word of God is for our benefit. Some of you Honestly, I've been saying this the last couple of weeks. You spend, and you know it, you don't have to confess. Don't put your head down because I'll know that I'm talking to you then. But, but you know you watch way too much negative cable news and you don't have enough of the word of God in you. And when you watch too much news, what comes out of you is negative news. But when you get in the word of God, what comes out of you is the word of God. And so recognize and acknowledge the benefit of God's word. If you're not reading the Bible, you're missing out on all of his promises. You're thinking that everything that's happening in the world is about to even get worse. Oh my God, what, what are we going to do? Man, we're going to do what saints have done for thousands of years. We're going to trust Jesus. Amen, we're going to trust Jesus. We're going to walk out. We're going to walk in faith. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to be bound up with what the world says. Wisdom, yes. But fear, no. Hear me. Fear should have no place in our life. And the only way you can get fear out is by the word of God. Come on, say amen to that. The word of God will get fear out of your life. It will replace fear as you begin to declare it. Why? Because all the promises, the instructions, and the benefits that God wants to give you, he's given you through his word. We want to come down and let some prophet lay hands on us and spit all over our forehead and give us a word. As though that word is more powerful than God's word. No, no. That word should only complement. Come on, somebody say amen. That word should only complement the word of God. The written word. You open that up, you begin to read that, all of a sudden it goes from written to revelation. It becomes life to you. And when that life begins to change you from the inside out, that word begins to change you, all of a sudden you recognize there are battles you once walked in and faced that no longer have any hold over you. Why? What happened? Oh, man, I had goosebumps come on me and I felt a wind. No, the word of God got inside of me and changed me from the inside out. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching like Ron says better than y'all are shouting this morning. The word of God is a perfect gift. Which means, hear me, it's infallible. Yes. It's perfect. There's no error in God's word. You can count on it, and it is perfect. That's, and it means it's exactly what you have need of, the word of God. That's why every single day, the word, worship, and prayer, those three things, every day. I mean, if you have to, Find a way to create a new habit in your life that involves those three things before you walk out of the door of your house 
to go do business that you need the wisdom of God for, but you've been too busy because you are way too busy to get in the Word because you got to get to work to make those important decisions. It'd be better to stay home for 10 more minutes and get in His presence and God speak a word to you that'll change the decision you're going to make about your business today. Amen. That's good preaching right there. That is really good. All right. Number two, God's word is always true. It says his true word. His word is always true. Scripture will always tell you the right thing to do. Listen, I have had parking lot prophets give me words before. Matter of fact, I remember one when I was 18 years old, and it so impacted me because, whoo, this prophet prophesied that I was to go to Africa. I went home, started packing my bags. I'm not lying. I, th this is a true story. In my office, in my top desk, is a cassette tape. Does anybody know what those are? Cassette tapes? <laughs> Let me see your hand if you know. Cassette tapes. Okay, you just showed your age. I have a cassette tape from... Pastor Quentin Edwards from 1977. That's a long time ago. And this cassette tape is my pastor rebuking the devil out of me. Because I'd come home from Tampa. I'd been over at this church where they were prophesying and they were doing all this stuff and I got all caught up in it and this man laid hands on me and prophesied I was to go on this team trip to Africa with them. I didn't even have a passport. That's how dumb I was. I went home, started packing my bags. I didn't have a passport. I was ready to go. I mean, I'm, I'm packing. I already told Cheryl, I'm going to Africa. She said, yeah, right. <laughs> she went in, made a phone call. Without my knowledge, a few minutes later, she came back and she said, uh, hey, she said, uh, Francis just called from Pastor Edwards' office and Pastor Edwards wants to see you. I, it never clicked in my mind that my sister set this whole thing up. And, and, so, and so I said, really? He's never called for my, uh, you know, he's never, had, he's never been smart enough to call for my wisdom. Yeah. To, <laughs> And uh, so, so I'm thinking, well, he must need something, you know? And so, so I jump in a car and I run down the street to his office and, and we have a pleasantry for about 12 seconds. And, and then he says, so where you been the last couple weekends? Well, I've been over in Brandon at the New Testament church of the Holy Ghost. And I got touched. I'm going to Africa. And man... <laughs> He set me straight. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that. I have carried that cassette when Pastor Edwards went to be with Jesus about, I don't know what, 10 years ago, maybe more. He's been in heaven. He's probably laughing right now. I remember that day. <laughs> Jesus said, thank you, Quentin. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I was gung-ho, but I had no word in me. I had, I had no ability to fall back on anything except my emotions. And he brought the word and I walked out of there and I was smoldering. I mean, I had like just smoke was coming everywhere. It was, it was my hair just was like this. And, and, uh, and I was so mad. How dare he? Doesn't he know the call of God is on my life? Doesn't he know this about me? Doesn't he know that? Well, yeah, he knew all of that. And he brought a word that saved me 
as I went home and unpacked my suitcase. <laughs> but isn't it interesting? That was 1977. 1988, 11 years later, my first trip outside of America was to Africa with my pastor under his covering with the word of God and the blessing of my wife and my young church of a year old. God's word is true. It's always true. And that's why church, you got to get in the word and you got to stop having excuses about why you're not in the word every day in the word in worship and prayer. Number three, God's word never changes. The Bible says God never changes, therefore his word never changes. That needs to be a huge amen in our lives. God's not caught off with what's going on in June of 2020 in America and around the world. God's not caught off with COVID-19. God's not caught off with, with everything that's happening. God still has a plan. And that plan is his church is going to rise up and be mighty and be strong and be full of the power of the living God to go into a world and touch the world with what they desperately need. And that is his great love. Number four, God's word is life giving. James says, God chose to give life to us by giving us his word. You were made in God's image, which means you have the ability to love God and to be loved by him. God created you and gave you his word so that you can know him. This is the only way to true life. And I want to read to you out of Romans chapter 15, a couple of verses. For whatever, verse 4, Romans chapter 15, for whatever was written in former days, whatever was written 2,000 years ago was written, hear me, for our instruction. That through endurance, through what? Endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, listen to this, we might have hope. Hope is a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. You're not going to get that in front of CNN, Fox News, cable 24-7. You're going to get that from the word of God. Hope. Hope for the day. What, what lives inside of me as, as cancer battling against my body? Hope. I have a hope. The worst that can happen to me is I'm going to be with Jesus sooner than the rest of y'all. But the other thing is I might outlive a whole bunch of y'all. I got a hope. I got a faith in God's word. What he says, and, and not just any word. You don't just open up your Bible and stick a finger in there. Because you might find that Jesus hung himself, go and do likewise. You know, you don't want to, it doesn't really say that, okay? It does say he hung himself. But if you're not careful, if, if you got one of those open scriptures, stick a finger in, you're going to find yourself quoting stuff and pulling stuff out that is not life to you. You know, I've been asked so many times in this battle I'm walking through, what's the word of the Lord? What's the, what's the Lord said to you? And I shared it all with you. I've only had one word. I mean, my ears are open every day. I mean, I am ready of Jesus when he wants to say whatever he wants to say, but I've had one word. And that word is walking up the hill on the second Sunday that I was not in church, worshiping God while y'all were all here. I heard Holy Spirit say, you're going to go through this. I'm going to go through it with you and you're gonna come out on the other side. That's the word. So that's the word that I cling to. That's the word that gives me hope. That's the word that when my back hurts or my legs are hurting, that I remember the word of the Lord. I'm gonna go through some, Paul, I mean, Paul begged God, Lord, will you take this thorn away from me? You ever beg God for something? 
God's okay with it. Some people, oh man, he shouldn't. No, sometimes you beg. And God's okay. God created us. He knows what we're like. He knows the weakness of our flesh. Paul's like, Lord, please take this from me. And, he, and, and what, what answer did he get? My grace is sufficient in the midst of your weakness. Because can I tell you something? When everything's going hunky-dory and all you bodybuilder weightlifters in here, man, you can pump it, you can pull it, you can jerk it, you can do it all. When you can do all that, because everything's right in your body, you think, whoo, I'll always be able to do this. And then one day, you won't be able to do it. And guess what? In your weakness, you'll find out that God is really right there with you. Man, he's speaking to you. He's encouraging. I got to finish. You are messing with me. Okay, verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're to be about. Through the word, through worship, through prayer, man, we are to glorify the, the Father, we're to glorify God, we're to glorify Jesus Christ, and in the midst of it, touch a world that desperately needs the love of God. The third gift is the gift of his church. I don't have time to read this passage. I, I even wrote it as a reference, but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 16 talks about the gifts of God that Jesus Christ gave. He's about to ascend to the right hand of the Father. He's with the disciples. Everybody's around. Jesus is about to de defy gravity. I can't wait to see that on video one day in heaven. I mean, just, you know, just one day Jesus stand there and then it's like, bye guys. And he just starts, Phew! I mean, that's pretty cool. And, but as he's ascending, the word says it, as he's ascending, he turns and he leaves gifts for the body of Christ. We call them the five-fold ministry gifts or the gifts of eldership or the gifts of government. But he, he left the gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher so that through those gifts, the church would be edified, build up, strengthen, encourage, and grow into full maturity. Why? So that we, the church, would be about the Father's business. The church is that third gift that we desperately need. Now, for all of you that are here and for all of you at home, do not get offended by what I'm about to say because this is not about anyone or where anyone is. But I want to tell you, the enemy is trying to make us faceless and afraid of the house of God. They're trying to make us faceless and afraid of the house of God. We have to hear and know what Holy Spirit's saying. I'm going to leave that alone right now. I just feel like that would be wisdom. But, but you need to ask God in the midst of this epidemic, pandemic, whatever they want to call it, is the church still called to be the church? Yes. Are we still called to touch and impact and affect the world that we're living in? And at some point, are we going to be people of faith? Are we going to just hunker down and wait until the enemy says it's okay to come back out? We have 
to know our responsibility. And we're not the only church in the world, in the history of the world, that's gone through difficult times. But as we do, what is God saying? What's he saying to us? Not what, not what some government official says that, that says the church ought to be, everybody ought to stay at home unless you want to go protest and riot. Then you can get out there in multiple thousands. We need to hear how do we respond. Not in anger, faith and love. How do we touch our world? I mean, this week, when, when, when somebody sent us a video of local news, and I heard our local news people say that our county officials want us to start turning our family and friends in when we get caught outside without a mask on. I'm thinking, hold it. I thought I was still in America. I didn't know I was in Russia. I didn't know I was in Cuba. I didn't, I didn't know I, I was in some communist country. We really are going to start turning our neighbors in? Something about that irked me. See, I've been to these countries. I've tasted and seen the spirit of Nazism, communism, good people afraid. And we, the church need to hear, respond in love. I got irked. I'm not irked at any of them. I don't, I don't expect anything less. I want to respond. What does God have to say? How do I respond? How do I love? How do I reach out? How do I touch? And how do I not walk in fear? See the church, we need to come alive. Amen. So, There are tons of other gifts that I have, gifts from God, the gift of my wife. We celebrated 41 years this week. I don't know about her, but I got at least another 25 in me. If she'll hang around, I got 25 more in me. But we went out of town for a day and just had a wonderful time. Walked into a coffee shop the other morning on the other side of Jacksonville. And some lady was just smiling at us, just smiling. And she's waving. I'm looking around like, who's she looking at? And then she jumps up and she's coming at me. And then I saw that beautiful smile and it was Miss Shirley Plumer's sister. And she's just coming at me with a big old hug. And we hugged and talked and took pictures and realized we can't go anywhere. You just can't go anywhere in sin because so, somebody's going to find out. So you might as well live righteous wherever you go, all right? You just, you just think because you're out of town. You're, no, you just might as well keep living righteous, amen? I was glad I was with my wife, the only wife I've ever had, ever known. We were together. And, uh, but uh, I, I am thankful for the gifts of God, and we all need to be. You know, I'm thankful for my sons. I'm thankful for my amazing daughter-in-laws. Andrew and Jess are off celebrating 15 years. I'm thinking, no, there's no way you kids have been married 15 years. I just married you up here. I would remember I was crying at the altar. And Andrew <laughs> fell apart and Jess was bawling. And it was yesterday. The other day, Thursday, 
a whole bunch of our amazing people, some of y'all came down and set up the new, they got a sneak preview of the new building and they set up all of the chairs and I thought it was gonna take six or eight hours. They knocked it out in two and a half hours. They had about 30 people there. And, and uh, I walked in out of the back stage and I was just standing on the stage and I looked down and I saw my granddaughter, Caroline, who's 12. And she had a, a, a drill bit in her hand. What? She's kin to me and knows how to use a drill bit. And, uh, but she's leaning over a chair and she has the card holder and she's putting the screws into the card holder. When all of a sudden it was like, it was like just memories. And, and I'm thinking, hold it. How old is she? She's 12. Her daddy was 12 when we moved into this building. Come on, somebody. That's scary. So when Nathan's granddaughter is doing that, he's going to have a revelation of what I felt the other day. It was like, wow. So yesterday, Carol, I, I picked up Caroline. She was uh, taking care of our puppy for a little while, and, and I started talking to her about that and how quickly 28 years came. And then I started thinking of all the memories in this house. Wow. We have a bunch. So many of you saved in this house, married in this house, had your babies dedicated in this house. Some of you had marriages restored in this house, bodies healed in this house. A lot of great memories of this house. I'm really grateful for Last week, it was no big deal. This week, <laughs> different story. All of a sudden, I realized, wow, walking in here for the last time to preach on this stage, we're ending a season and we're beginning a new season. And this is not worse than where we're going, not better than where we're going. It was a, an amazing season that really went by like that. Some of you, your very first service in this building was our first service here. I know of a couple families told me they used to ride up and down the street waiting for us to finish our church. And they said whenever we got built and we actually moved in, they would come and they came to our first service. I know that for a fact. They told me that. I said, well, we were meeting right down the street. Well, yeah, but we just wanted to see if y'all really were going to get in there. <laughs> You know what? That's okay. I believe there's some folks riding down Newberry Road this week. They're going to end up coming to the house, get saved, have their marriages restored because we moved into our new house. And it's a new house and it's beautiful and we're excited about it. And we, we want to make sure that God is glorified. This house was not built to, to to glorify a name outside of the name of Jesus Christ. We've invited every construction worker that's been in our building to come next week to church. Whole bunch of unsaved guys are coming because we have just hounded them. <laughs> Dude, you've been here for like 47 days straight. One more day. Okay, pastor, I'm coming. We want to glorify God, amen, yes. with all that he wants to do and accomplish.
So make a fresh commitment today. Every day. Go seek God first. Going to worship Him. You're going to get in the Word and you're going to pray. Amen. Will you do that? Father, I thank you right now for the promises that we're making, declaring. Not another day are we going to be too busy. We're not going to take vacation from the kingdom of God. That, that whether we're at home, at work, getting ready to go on a vacation, coming back from, that every day, Lord, we're going to make that commitment. Even as the psalmist said, seven times a day, I'm going to worship him. Help us begin every day and then throughout every day. Lord, let us truly be those who are marked as disciples of Jesus Christ. So that you would be glorified. So that our lives will make an impact and touch the world in which you have given us responsibility over. I bless these people, those that are here today, those that are watching at home, those that are on vacation. I pray, Father, that in each of our lives, that fresh, fresh commitment to serve you in every way begins every day in your presence. Be glorified in our lives. Father, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness over these 27 years and 10 months in this house. Everything you spoke to me before there was a house has come to pass. And I'm grateful. Lord, I know you gave us 160 acres of land and we don't even know the significance of what all you're going to do in the next generations through this land that you have blessed us with, paid for, that we own. That whatever seasons of life and and the future leadership even of this house, that they will be men and women that will hear and obey the voice of God. That we'll go from generation to generation and we'll not be a one generational house. Even though we're already a third generation house, Lord, we want to, as long as Father, Jesus is in heaven with you and has not come back for his church. We want the Rock of Gainesville to be that which represents your kingdom on the earth. That men everywhere will be drawn to your presence. We give you thanks for it and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. amen. All right, I got to take care of some stuff. So just bear with me. I'm going to fly through this. Um, but uh, I'm going to start with the last one. Uh, we, have, we have a tremendous opportunity for some of you that have been on a sabbatical from serving uh, to step up and uh, take an opportunity to serve. There's a lot of people that are not yet comfortable with coming back to the house. Uh, and so we need some folks. There are opportunities of ministry. Next week, we're moving into a much larger building. We need uh, more servers. We need more greeters. We need more ushers. We need people that can step up and help. And uh, next week, there will be jam ministry. And can I just pause for a minute and say uh, publicly, I know they're back there having uh, children's church jam. I went back there a while ago. It was crazy. But Pastor Ed and Karen and Miss Chris and so many amazing workers back there have been breaking up, uh, uh, setting up. Am I saying that right, Chris? Because Chris has done it for about 20 years. But uh, Chris Drew, Pastor Ed, Miss Karen, all of our team back there, they have literally been setting up in the gym, make that place amazing. I went back there a while ago, and the kids were going nuts. 
in a very organized way, in a very safe way. Uh, they were having a blast. And, uh, and so I got caught up in the middle of it, but uh, I had to get out of there for my safety's sake. But uh, I just want to say, Pastor Ed and Karen, under their leadership, have done a phenomenal job. And I think we should say thank you for years and years and years. Amen, amen. Next week, I encourage you to come early uh, and tour the building. Uh, we're not gonna have little tour guides around you. You can just walk everywhere before service starts next week and get a good tour. But you're gonna go in jam, and I think we got Pastor Ed for another few years because uh, he's got his own building. They got an LED screen in there for the kids that just unbelievable. They're, they, they've got rubber floor. They, they're going to have an awesome time. And I think Pastor Ed will hang around for a little bit. He's like almost 100 years old, but he, he's the oldest living children's pastor that I know of in America. And he's been here serving us for 33 years. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for Pastor Ed. Wow. So next week, uh, we're having one service 10 o'clock, at the end of the service, we have uh, uh, Hills Catering is cooking us a meal. Uh, they'll be on the north side of the campus, so when you come in, you don't have to walk through all the wonderful smelling food. It'll be on the other side of the building. Uh, but uh, service starts at 10. I encourage you to come early at nine o'clock or, or shortly after, tour the building, walk around, have a great time. For those of you that are watching online, for some that have reserved, that are coming, and you're still not comfortable sitting in a big setting like this, uh, we have a couple of multi-purpose rooms that are, uh, one of them's really big, seats 100 and something plus, another one, uh, classroom, and then our K-4 class, uh, it's huge. I mean, it's just like, I'm waiting for a revelation of why we're going to have that many K-4 kids, but but it'll seat about 200 K-4 kids, uh, and uh, no carpet on the floor, but we're going to have have chairs set up in all of our rooms. So if you want to come next week with your family, uh, you know, we do encourage practice and social distance. If you've been around anybody sick, please stay home, watch it online. If you're sick, don't come, uh, especially don't come near me, okay? Uh, but don't come, stay at home, watch it online. But uh, if you're well, we encourage you to come. If you feel like you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you wanna take your family into one of the other rooms, Pastor Tad has like, they're humongous televisions. I walked into our K-1 class, K-1, isn't that like one year old? I walked into our K-1 class and there's like an 88 inch TV in there. I was like, what does a one year old need he said, Pastor, they're all the same. They're out the building. So we, we have a, so we're going to have uh, chairs set up in all the rooms. You can go in there if you need your family to stay separated a little bit, uh, but you still want to be a part. We encourage you to come and be a part of that. Okay, so next week. Um, I think I got all that. So after service, we'll announce it right at the end. Uh, we have about, I have about 40 visitors coming, pastors from out of town. Uh, we'll have some reserved seating for them, uh, but everything else around the auditorium, uh, you'll just, just get there and enjoy. Just find your seat. Hey, pick a new seat, okay? Oh, you have to, it's already, it, it's already new. Pick a new spot, all right? So next week, some of y'all do the flip thing. Some of you come to the, but uh, one thing you're gonna love about, at least one thing I'm gonna love about this auditorium is uh, we're not much deeper than this building. It's just like this. And so uh, I get everybody up close. I wanna be able to spit on you, you know? So that, that fresh anointing. So anyhow, it's gonna be great next week. Um, we wanna have a prayer service. 
but we still do not have our CO. <laughs> Where's Juan? <laughs> I know he's over. He just went down. He just went down in the seat. We are believing for a TCO, which is a temporary CO, um, and we don't know when we're going to get it. So what we're going to do, um, we're not going to have a prayer meeting on Saturday night. It's just too much involved with the, the building being ready for Sunday. So uh, either Wednesday night or Thursday night, if we get a TCO, we're going to send an e-line out. We're going to have a one-hour service of worship and prayer, and we're going to spread throughout the whole building and pray over every part if we get the TCO. If not, next Sunday morning, come early, nine o'clock, and as you're touring the building, it's a great time to pray. All right, just pray over every classroom, every children's room, over all, all of our new toilets. Come on, somebody. Don't you just love a new toilet? We have like six toilets back there. We have 23, I believe, toilets in our auditorium space. So you can just pick and go. It's going to be awesome and great. Oh, I didn't mean to say it. Sorry about that. All right, one last thing. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Listen, uh, when you come into the property, there are two main entrances. Uh, the west entrance and the east entrance. The east entrance is a... Uh, will be where the sign is. It's obviously on the east side of the building. You come in, there's a circle drive. You can turn right as soon as you come in. We're, after you go past the building, turn right. Come up, all you dads, unload your families. At the front, on the asphalt, sidewalk, no dirt, no grass. We got sidewalks. We got sidewalks galore. So drop your families off, and then you go about 125 yards out into the parking lot. We have 200 parking spots for you, paid parking spots. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and drop your car off, and then we'll have a golf cart out there uh, and bring you back unless you want to walk. Now, I know you Gator fans, y'all walk about two and a half miles without complaining. So all you got is 100, 100 yards sidewalks, I mean steps. Tony and those guys, they have done a great job. And uh, next week, we're going to have a bunch of the different companies that uh, have been a part of this. We'll recognize them. But the other day, Tad and Jim and I went to lunch and uh, we're, we're having lunch and in walks all the guys from Juan's company that uh, was working on our site. And they sat down at the table. And I got so blessed, there were six guys sitting at the table and five of them, four of them were faithful part of the rock. One's gonna get saved, he just doesn't know it yet, but he's been coming too. And uh, so anyhow, I was so blessed just seeing all those guys and uh, they have done a fabulous job. Put your hands together for Juan, Tony, Dave, all the guys. Foresight Company has been, it's been an absolute total joy to work with, to have a spiritual son that uh, his wife has grown up in this house, children born in this, you know, everything uh, to be leading this. It's really been a great joy for us. And uh, so thank you, Juan. I love you, man. You're a true, true son. Um, I think that's it. Oh, so, uh, no, one last thing. For all of you truck drivers, let me see you truck drivers. Come on, don't be ashamed. Let me see if you drive a truck. I'm going to call you out. I know y'all are in here. There you go, Rick Hansen. Uh, Rick ain't raising his hand. All you truck drivers, next week, we have overflow parking, grass. But we will come out and get you in a golf cart. So we're asking all of you guys that have a truck, uh, to leave the 200 parking spots 
uh, to all the minivans and uh, cars, uh, at least for this first week. Just be Christian for me, okay? And just go out there and park. We'll have some organized parking for all you truckers. And, uh, but we will be out there with our golf carts and bring you in, okay? So I think that's it. One last thing, and, uh, and on a different note, um, most of you know this week that Joey Reichart went to be with Jesus. And uh, it is not what I prayed. It is not what I asked for. It, is, uh, it has been a week of heavy heart. Um, Joey, over the last five months, has spent uh, about five different times, came to my house after we were both diagnosed. And he would always bring me a smoothie and we would sit on my front porch and talk about life and our families and the kingdom of God and our dreams and our desires. And uh, sometimes we'd walk through the neighborhood and uh, we were both believing for both of our healing. And, uh, you know, there are just some questions in life we'll never have answers to. This I know, Joey is with Jesus. Amen. And there is a grace for Mary and the children, for Jack and Carrie, for all the siblings. I, I, the pain that's in my heart, I can't even imagine the pain of Jack and Carrie Reichardt, who I love dearly. Uh, I coached Joey and John Reichardt when they were five years old five and six in basketball. That's how the Reicharts ended up coming to the Rocket Gainesville. I was a great coach. <laughs> Actually, I was a horrible coach. I mean, I think I almost got uh, kicked out of a game. My kids were six years old and I was yelling at the ref. So, uh, but uh, Joey's with Jesus. And uh, I just encourage you to pray over Mary and the children. Uh, she's walking through a grace that most of us have never known. And uh, I am appreciative I told Mary this the other day of the goodness of the grace of God because the Lord will never allow us to walk through something that he has not prepared us for and enabled us, even though we can't imagine. So uh, this week they will be having a service on Friday, I believe. Um, and it's unfortunately, it's very limited seating. It'll be at Greenhouse Church, and they're only allowing a, number, a certain number of people there. So um, obviously, we'll have some folks from our house going, representing all of our house. And, uh, but just be in prayer over Mary, over Jack and Carrie. Um, and when you see Jack and Carrie, you know, sometimes words are not necessary. Just a hug. I'm not smart enough to know what to say to someone who's hurting like that. So love them and uh, be there for them. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.